Shvius, Perk Tes, Mishnah Base, 9-2. We now begin the topic of Vibior, which is an obligation, Midorais, according to most, a Torah obligation, to remove Shemitah produce from one's home in the eighth year at a particular time. And that particular, particular time is based on the fact that the Sukkim, the verses say that the Shemitah produce is for us to eat, it's for you to eat the, the food that grew in the foul land, um, and also for your servants and members of your household. And then the Pasuk says, also for your behemas and the chaya in your land. Behemas are domestic animals, and the chaya are the wild animals that are in the land. The understanding is that it's for all of us, and it will meaning us and the wild animals, it's for all of us to eat its produce. And therefore, the understanding is that when a particular species of produce is no longer available for the animals to forage upon in the wild, so then we have to remove it from our homes as well. There'll be a certain deadline, therefore, that when these particular plants aren't available in the wild, so we have to take them out of our home. Now, what we do when we do biur, the removal from the home, is a major machlokus based on variant texts in Mishnah Ches, Mishnah 8 of our parak. According to the Rambam, it means to actually now destroy the food. Once the deadline of Bior has arrived, whatever this particular species of food is no longer available for the animals, now we must remove it and destroy it from our homes and to consume it after that point. Meaning if the time for Bior for grapes has arrived in the eighth year, so now you have to remove the grapes from your home and it's Asram and HaTorah, forbidden by the Torah, to consume those grapes at all. That's the Rambam Shita. However, most have a different version of the Mishnah and rule differently, and this is how the Halacha in practice is followed, that Bior requires removal, but not destruction. So one removes it from his home, and then he declares it as Hefker, as ownerless. And at that point, anyone is welcome to claim it. And we'll see in the Mishnah, there's a Machlokas Tanaim who can claim it, but the, in practice, anyone is free to claim it. And Anyone includes the person who previously owned that food stuff five minutes ago. So that means a person essentially can do the formality of taking the produce from his home in public, declaring it ownerless. Perhaps he needs to have people witness that he's declaring it ownerless. And then he can simply reclaim what was his and take it back into his house and eat it. And that's how, in fact, the practice is done today in Eretz Yisrael, that once the time of beer comes, one removes it, declares it ownerless, and then in many cases just simply reclaims what had been his all over again. In any case, our Mishnah here, Mishnah Base, is going to discuss um, the deadlines, the conceptual deadlines for when the time of beer for each particular species kicks in. Now, if you think about it, there's a problem, a potential problem. The potential problem is that even though, let's say that I'm getting access to my neighbor's fig tree, because um, he's opened the gates to his backyard and says, everyone's welcome to have the figs, which are Hefker, because the Shemitah here. These are Shemitah figs. So then I go and help myself to the figs and bring some home to my house and leave them in my house. I dry them, whatever it is. At some point, we're going to say that figs are no longer available to the animals and therefore I have to remove those dried figs from my home. So available for the animals would mean that the figs are still attached to the trees. But the question is, which trees and where? So just because my neighbor's tree ran out of figs, does that mean I have to do beer in my house? Presumably not because there are other fig trees around. But how far around? Do I consider it my neighborhood? the entire region I'm living in, the whole of Eretz Yisrael. So the Mishnah says there are three zones in Eretz Yisrael. These zones are based, conceptually, they're based on um, topographical and climatic conditions, you know, the lay of the land and, and what grows there. But in practice, a great deal of it has to do with simply 
where Chazal understood different animals foraged. That means if animals are foraging in a particular type of foodstuff in a particular region, they're not likely to go to another region. They'll stay in this region and forage in this in this local habitat. And that being the case, we're going to say there are three basic zones. Tanakam will say three basic zones in Eretz Yisrael. Those zones will be Yehuda. Let's call that southern Israel, although um, the Eretz Yisrael of Chazal in the Baishani time and the Baishrishon period for that time also matter. Also, um, didn't go much past Beersheba. So we're not talking about the Negev. We're talking, you know, Jerusalem is more or less, Jerusalem is more based in the middle of the country um, and uh, not so far south. But in any case, the southern half of the country-ish, including Yerushalayim, all the way down to Beersheba, etc., um, that will be called Yehuda. And then there's the northern half, which is the Galil. That's a second zone. So that's Yehuda is on one, Galil is on two. And the third zone, the mission will speak out, is called Ever Hayarden, which literally means across the Jordan. Um, according to most most uh, Roshonim, the Ever Yarden zone is to the east on the other side of the Jordan River, what is today the modern-day country of Jordan or some part thereof. Um, the Bartonura goes like the Rambam here, that Ever Hayarden actually applies to the west bank of the Jordan River, um, what is come to be called in the 21st century as the capital W West Bank, uh, meaning the West Bank of the Jordan, um, in what we call Yehuda Shamron area, um, as, a, as the third zone. So that's a big machlokus, um, would have, which has very far-reaching ramifications of whether the, what we call Jordan today, the country Jordan, meaning the eastern side of the Jordan River, um, is subject to the Lachaz Shemitah. In any case, um, that's the point of the mission. Now, the mission is going to say a lot more, but I think, in fact, to be fair, we won't walk away with too much more than that. So what? let's walk away with what's perfectly clear, which is we're going to have three separate geographic zones in Eretz Yisrael for the Lachas of Shemitah, and when there's no longer of a particular type of cultivated produce in a given zone, it's still attached to the trees, so then... That's the time for beer for that zone. There'll be three different times for beer around the country, for each of the three zones respectively, at which time one must remove the, that particular food from his home and declare it ownerless. Um, and if he doesn't, it becomes us or from to eat that food thereafter. So that's the point of the mission. The mission will say a, a bunch of things. First, we'll say that there are these three zones, and then we'll read that inside. It says, Shalosh Aratzos Lebiur. There are three zones in Eretz Israel when it comes to the halachas of beer. Yehuda is the first, I'll call that southern Israel. Be'ever Hayarden, we'll call that the east, either on the east or western side of the Jordan River, um, but literally means across the Jordan, and V'hagalil, the northern part of Eretz Yisrael. That, that's clear. Now, the mission will now go on to say that each of those three zones have three sub-zones. There seems to be very little halachic significance in these sub-zones. And we'll see in the next mission there may be some significance in, in some way, but in short, don't get confused. The subzones are relevant for the halachas of beer, and it seems pretty much to oversimplify. And I'm going to do some oversimplification here because the details just won't make you feel any smarter when we get through them. To be honest, because um, we're talking about locations on a map, and it's not clear what we're referring to anyway, so it's not that in practice it's not so clear. Um, they're basically each of the three zones, and will be divided into three subzones. And those three subzones basically are the highlands, the harim, the lowlands beneath the harim, that's the shvela. And the Amic, the valley. Okay, so each of the three zones have a highland, harim, a lowland, the shvela, and the Amic, a valley, um, respectively. 
but those subzones have no significance. Dilachos of Bior, according to the Tana here, and that will be the Halacha. Um, now the Mishnah will then go on to say kind of geographic definitions for some of these zones. So you can identify them on a map. It's not clear to us what it's referring to, so I'll just kind of move through it very swiftly. Um, and here's what the Mishnah therefore says. It says, um, Each of the three zones has three subzones. Galil Elyon, Vagalil Tatachton, Vaemek. When it comes to the Galil, the first of the three, meaning actually the last three that we listed, but the first three we'll pick up on because it's what we left off of, as the Mishnah does. So the Galil, the Galilee, is divided into three zones the upper Galilee, Galil Elyon, the lower Galilee, Galil Hatachton, and the Amek, the valley. Um, now we say, how do we define those zones? Mikfar Chananya Ulamalan from the village called Kfar Hanania, and up. Up, now here means altitude, as we'll see, not north. That is, but they sort of overlap because it gets more, the higher altitude as you go further north. Um, and we define that as Kol She'enu Megadal Shikmin, any part of the Galilee that is too elevated for Shikmin, that's Shikma, let's translate as sycamore trees, um, to grow. So you sort of, trees don't grow Trees need oxygen and, and air, and as the air gets thinner, as you go higher up uh, in altitude, so then trees don't grow. At a certain point, no trees can grow. That's called a timberline. But in any case, the shikma has its cutoff, and its cutoff is somewhere in the galley. So once you reach the cutoff altitudes, you're now in the upper galley. Galil ha'elyon, mikfar chananya v'lamatan. However, the lower galley is from kfar chananya and lower down. Kol shum shikmin, wherever place that you can grow, um, sycamore trees, that's Galil HaTachton, that will be defined as Lower Galilee. Okay, so we're talking about altitude over here. Utchum Tveria, and the region around Tveria, that's Ha'emek, that's the, the the valley in the Galil, in the Galilee. That's the first three subzones that constitute the Galil. Then Uvi Yehuda, when it comes to Yehuda, the lower southern part of Israel, the second zone that we're dealing with here, it's Hahar, the mountain region, Vashvela, the lowland region, and Vaemek, the valley. In Beit Shemesh, we part of the Shvela, and around around here is the Shvela, the lowlands. It's still mountainous, meaning it's still Beit Shemesh area is 400 meters above um, sea level. Uh, and of course, we have, you know, Nesarim and Azekah and all these, you know, larger like mountains, I'll call it, but not as high as Jerusalem, which Yushalayim is 800 meters above. Vaemek, that's the valley proper, okay, the valley in Yehuda. Now then the Mishnah says, Ushvelas Lud Kishvelas Hadarom. What this is referring to is not perfectly clear. Um, let's explain it to be a definition of the third area, which is very possible, uh, meaning now we're talking about the Eber Hayarden. Um, and we're saying that the Shvelas Lud, the lowlands of Lud, is Kishvelas Hadarom, is has the same status as the lowlands in the south. What those words even mean is not perfectly clear, but if we just assume for a second that we're talking about the third category now of Eva Hayarden, you understand what the Bartonu understands that Eva Hayarden, like the Rambam, is on the western side of the Jordan because Lud, etc., is in the western side of the Jordan. Um, fine. Um, others learn that actually that's not what it's referring to. Okay, this is the difficulty of the mission in any case. And then it says, um, finally, Mi base choron va'ad hayam, from base choron, wherever that is exactly, until the sea, Medina Achas. That is one status. And many learn 
kind of perplexingly that that's talking about a, a fourth region, because not clear how this is referring to the previous three. Uh, a fourth region, and if it would be a fourth region, it's sort of puzzling why the mission said three zones and not four zones. In any case, it, we'll leave it with obscurity because it's not clear to me. I don't think it's necessarily clear to anybody. And even if we do get it clear um, in the words what they mean, um, it's still the actual implication of that in terms of how the maps are drawn, but still be unclear. So we will leave it at that.